Take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to Isaiah chapter 45. And in just a moment, we'll look at verse 22. Isaiah 45, verse 22. When you need help, to whom do you look? You say, well, that depends. If I need my car repaired, I look to my mechanic. If I need some groceries, I look to Kroger. <laughs> if I need gasoline for my car, I look for a gas station. If I need dental work, I look for my dentist. If I need medicine, I look to my doctor and my pharmacist. If I need an enjoyable conversation, I look to my family. I look to my spouse. And if I need some money advice, I talk to a financial advisor and on and on you could go. But where do you look when you need help that people can't give you. You know, there's not a person that can give you salvation. It takes God to do that. There's not a person that can answer your prayers. It takes God to do that. There's not a person that can share with you God's divine will for your life. It takes God to do that. So where do you look when you need more than the help of people? I'll tell you where you should look. And that's the title of my message. You should look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Isaiah 45, 22. God says, look to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am your God, and there is no other. Look to me. Be saved, all the ends of the earth. I'm your God. There is no other. Lord, let the words of our mouths, the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, our rock and our redeemer, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening in Jesus' name. And if that's your prayer, say amen. amen. Well, let's talk a little bit about looking to Jesus. First of all, it's time to look to the Lord thankfully. Look to the Lord thankfully. He says in the first part of this verse, Look to me. Now, you've got to understand a little bit about the context of Isaiah 45 in order to understand what this means. Look to me. Why is God saying, look to me? If you go to that text, you'll understand something had happened. A new regime had taken over, and they were going to liberate the captives and the Jews who had been captive for 70 years, the Babylonians came and they destroyed Jerusalem, burned down the temple, and took the Jews into Babylonian captivity. For 70 years, the Jews were in Babylon. But at the end of that 70 years, God raised up a man named Cyrus, and the Medo-Persian army, or the Persian army came in, and they defeated the Babylonians. And for some reason, 
obviously, God. God put it in the heart of a pagan king named Cyrus to let the Jews go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. So that's where we are. That's what's going on here. The Bible says after 70 years, King Cyrus defeated the Babylonians and he let them go back. That's what the Bible talks about. Isaiah 45, the first three verses say this is what the Lord says to Cyrus, his anointed one, whose right hand he will empower before him. Mighty kings will be paralyzed with fear. Their fortress gates will be open, never to shut again. This is what the Lord says. I will go before you, Cyrus, and level the mountains. I will smash down gates of bronze. I will cut through bars of iron, and I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. I will do this so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by your name. Now, this Cyrus was Cyrus the Great. He's also called in history Cyrus II, Cyrus the Elder. He reigned over the, as the Persian king from 539 to 530 B.C. And again, the Babylonians had held the Jews as captive for 70 years. But when he came in and destroyed Babylon, he let all the Jews that wanted to, to go back and to go out of captivity. We read about that in 2 Chronicles 36, 22 and 23. It says, in the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, the Lord fulfilled the prophecy he had given through Jeremiah. He stirred the heart of Cyrus to put this proclamation in writing and to send it throughout his kingdom. This is what King Cyrus of Persia says, the Lord the God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. He has appointed me to build him a temple in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Any of you who are his people may go there for this task, and may the Lord your God be with you. God touched a pagan king's heart. You know, the Bible says the king's heart is like channels of water in the hands of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wishes. Look at me. Somebody doesn't even have to be saved. For, in that, when they're in a position of leadership, God allowed it to happen, and God can turn their hearts. That's why we pray for politicians. That's why we pray for people who don't, some of them don't even know the Lord, but God can turn their hearts and cause them to do things that they never would have dreamed of. That's why God was saying to Israel, hey, I've got his heart in my hand and you're my people, I want your heart in my hand. Look to me. Don't look to anybody else, God was saying. Look to me. I'm the one who changes the hearts of kings. Look to me. Don't look to the world. Don't look to pagan gods. Don't look to idolatrous religion. Look to me. Don't look to your money. Don't look to your possessions. Don't look to your heritage. Look to me. I am your dearest friend. I am your sole confidant. I'm the sole source of fulfillment. I am your all in all. Oh, my people, look to me. Look to the Lord thankfully. Well, yesterday, we had over 800 of you participate, and thank you for doing it, in Bellevue Loves Memphis. And uh, I'm so thankful for it. And we reached out. We had several people get saved. And I decided, I, I'm just telling you, it had to be the Lord. You said, what did you do, Brother Steve? I 
decided to join the people that were working on cars. Now, the reason that's funny is I don't know anything about working on cars. I know how to turn them on. I know how to drive them. I even know how to put gas in them, all right? But that's about it. But I went back. Donna's dad was one of the ones that helped start our car care ministry here at Bellevue. And yesterday, we had a lot of people go back, and we were serving back there in the car care ministry. It offers free car care to widows, single mothers, and women who are married to men who are engaged in active military duty. And Mr. Dodds did that for years. And I thought, you know what? If it's good enough for Dempsey, it's good enough for Steve. And I'm so thankful. You know, he was, and some of the older guys were a little concerned that it wouldn't continue, but it continued. Now, why am I telling you this? I'm just telling you, I'm thankful I'm looking to the Lord with thanksgiving today because our church is still helping people whom God said we should help, and that is widows and women who are single moms and they're in need and they don't know how to work on a car. And you know what? They need help. And so who's going to help them? The church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 24, 19, and following, when you are harvesting your crops and you forget to bring in a bundle of grain from your field, don't go back and get it. Leave it, now watch this, for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. Say those three things. Foreigners, orphans, and widows. Then he said, the Lord your God will bless you in all that you do. When you beat the olives from your olive trees, don't go over the, bow the boughs twice. Leave the remaining olives for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. When you gather the grapes in your vineyard, don't glean the vines after they are picked. Leave the remaining grapes for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. You're supposed to take care. Your whole paycheck doesn't belong to you. At least 10% of it belongs to God. And then there's some of that also belongs to people who are in need. Your paycheck is not all for you. It's not. It's not. I'll amen myself. There's only one person saying amen. And it's kind of light, all right? It's not your paycheck. It's God's. God owns everything you have. You ought to treat it that way. And so, yes, I'm grateful that we help widows and single moms and people in need. And I'm grateful that we can look to the Lord thankfully. Friend, if you're looking to the Lord, you need to be looking to him thankfully that God has been good to us. Look to the Lord thankfully. The Bible says in Isaiah 12, 4 and 5, and on that day you will say, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, make them remember that his name is exalted, praise the Lord in song, for he has done glorious things, let this be known throughout there. Don't just Ask God for more and more blessings. Thank Him for what He's already done. On Sunday morning, January the 26th, 
2023 at Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee, you and I need to take just a moment and look to the Lord and thank Him. Thank you, Lord, for our family, even though it's not perfect. Thank you, Lord, for our health, even though we have aches and pains. Thank you, Lord, for food to eat, even if it's bologna and Brussels sprouts. Thank you, Lord, for clothes to wear. Thank you for a roof over our head. Thank you for a loving church family. Thank you that we live in the United States of America, still the greatest country on this earth. Thank you, Lord, for salvation in Jesus Christ. Thank you that all of our our sins are forgiven. Thank you that our names are in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us the Holy Spirit. Thank you for a Bible that we can believe. Thank you, Lord God, for being so good to us. Let's give him praise right now. Give him praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, look at me. Stop complaining. Stop it. And start rejoicing. And start thanking God all day long. Just thank Him. Thank Him. That's what He meant when He says, Look to me. Look to me. Look to the Lord thankfully. And then, secondly, it's also time not just to look to the Lord thankfully, but look to the Lord transformationally. He, he wants to transform you, He wants to, to change you. He says, Look to me. And be saved. You need to be saved. You need to be transformed. You need to be changed. He's saying, Israel, I want to transform you. Look to me and be saved. I want to get you out of captivity. I want you to get you back to the promised land. I want you to get you back to Jerusalem, the city of peace. Look to me and be saved. God said, good things will happen if you'll fix your eyes on me. I'll transform you. I'll change your situation. Look to me and be saved. I've got a good future for you, Israel. I've got a good future for you. All you Jewish folks out here in Babylonian captivity, look to me and be saved. I'm the only one that can change you from the inside out. Don't look to Cyrus. Don't look to the Persians. The Babylonians are gone. I'll bless your family even when you're old and even after you die. Look to me and be saved. It wasn't man that could transform Israel. It wasn't any earthly leader that could transform Israel. It was the Lord. Look to me. The Lord is the only one that can look, we can look to and do it and receive transformation. Now, it's very interesting, this text. I kept thinking about this text. I said, I, I've heard this text. I've heard this text. Where did I hear that? Oh, yeah. It's the text that Charles Haddon Spurgeon heard a preacher preach from the day he got saved when he was a teenager. I had read that in Spurgeon's biography. So I want to read to you because nobody talks like Charles Spurgeon. So I want to read it to his explanation of how this preacher who was not a wonderful preacher, but he had a wonderful text, how Spurgeon came to eternal life when he heard these words. And he got saved on January the 6th, 1850 in England. The text was, look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God 
and there is no one else. Isaiah 45, 22, that's the King James. He said, I sometimes think I might have been in darkness and despair until now had it not been for the goodness of God in sending a snowstorm on Sunday morning while I was going to a certain place of worship. When I could go no further, I turned down a side street and came to a little primitive Methodist chapel. That's not where he intended to go, but that's where he wound up. Primitive Methodist chapel. I think that's really funny because he's the greatest Baptist preacher ever to live and he got saved in a Methodist church, all right? God has a sense of humor. In that chapel, there may have been a dozen or 15 people. I had heard of the primitive Methodists, how they sang so loudly and made people's heads ache, but they, that didn't matter to me. I wanted to know how I might be saved, and if they could tell me that, I didn't care how much they made my head ache. The minister did not come that morning. He was snowed up, I suppose. At last, a very thin-looking man, a shoemaker, or Taylor, or something of that sort, went up into the pulpit to preach. Now, it is well that preachers should be instructed, but this man was really, I'm, I'm going to say a word that we told our kids not to say, stupid. All right, he, that's what he said. He said he's really stupid. Anyway, I didn't say it. Spurgeon said it. All right. He was obliged to stick to his text for the simple reason that he had little else to say. The text was, look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. He did not even pronounce the words rightly, but that did not matter. There was, I thought, a glimpse of hope for me in that text. The preacher began thus, my dear friends, this is a very simple text indeed. It says, look, now looking, I'm going to read it just like he wrote it, looking, don't take a deal of pains. It ain't lifting your foot or your finger. It just means look. Well, a man needing to go to college to look to learn to look, you may be the biggest fool, and yet you can look. A man needn't be worth a thousand dollars and a, a year to be able to work to look. Anyone can look, even a child can look. But then the text says, "Look unto me." I said he in broad Essex. That is a, a a word there. Many on ye, or many of you, many on ye are looking to yourselves, but it's no use looking there. You'll never find any comfort in yourselves. Some look to God the Father. No, look to him by and by. Jesus Christ says, look unto me. Some of ye say, we may wait for the Spirit's working. You have no business with that just now. Look to Christ. The text says, look unto me. Then the man followed up his, way, his text in this way. Look unto me. I'm sweating great drops of blood. Look unto me. I'm hanging on the cross. Look unto me. I'm dead and buried. Look unto me. I rise again. Look unto me. I ascend to heaven. Look unto me. I'm sitting at the Father's right hand. Oh, poor sinner. Look unto me. Look unto me. When he had gone to about that length and managed to spin out 10 minutes or so, he was at the end of his tether. Then he looked at me under the galley. And I dare say, with so few present, he knew me to be a stranger, just fixing his eyes on me as if he knew me all my heart. He said, young man, you look very miserable. Well, I did, but I didn't, I had not been accustomed to having remarks made from the pulpit on my personal appearance before. However, it was a good blow struck right home. He continued, and you'll always will be miserable, miserable in life, and miserable in death if you don't obey my text. But if you obey now, 
this moment you will be saved. Then lifting up his hands, he shouted as only a primitive Methodist could do, young man, look to Jesus Christ. Look, look, look. You have nothing to do but to look and live. I saw at once the way of salvation. I know not what else he said. I did not take much notice of it. I was so possessed with that one thought. Like as when the brazen serpent was lifted up, the people only looked and were healed. So it was with me. I'd been waiting to do 50 things, but when I heard that word look, what a charming word it seems to me. Oh, I looked until I could almost have looked my eyes away. There and then the cloud was gone. The darkness had rolled away, and that moment I saw the sun, and I could have risen that instant and sung with the most enthusiastic of them of the precious blood of Christ and simple faith which looks alone to him. Oh, that somebody had told me this before. Trust Christ and you shall be saved. It's not everyone who can remember that very day and hour of his deliverance. Since, simply by looking to Jesus, I had been delivered from despair, and I was brought into such a joyous state of mind that when they saw me at home, they said, something wonderful has happened to you, and I was eager to tell them all about it. I have always considered with Luther and Calvin that the sum and substance of the gospel lies in that word substitution, Christ standing in the stead of man. If I understand the gospel, it is this, I deserve to be lost forever. The only reason why I should not be sent to hell is that Christ was punished in my stead and there is no need to execute a sentence twice for sin. On the other hand, I know I cannot enter heaven unless I have a perfect righteousness. I am absolutely certain I shall never have one on my own, for I find I sin every day, but the Christ had a perfected righteousness, and he said, there, poor sinner, take my garment, put it on. You shall stand before God as if you were Christ. I shall stand before God as if I had been the sinner. I will suffer in the sinner's stead, and you shall be rewarded for the works which you did not do, but I which I have done for you. I found, find it very convenient every day to come to Christ as a sinner as I came the first time. You are no saint, says the devil. Well, if I am not, I am a sinner. And Jesus Christ came and died for sinners. Sink or swim, I go to him. Other hope I have none. By looking to Jesus, I received all the faith that I ever needed, confidence in his grace, and the word drew my soul to him, look unto me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. Amen. Amen. You need to look to God today transformationally. What if the next Billy Graham is sitting in this room? What if the next Charles Haddon Spurgeon is sitting in this room? Maybe 10 years old. Maybe 12 years old. Maybe 20 years old maybe seven years old. And God is saying to you today, look to the Lord. Look to the Lord. Don't look to yourself. Don't look to the church. Don't look to the preacher. Look to the Lord. Look to the Lord and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth. Anyone can be saved. You can repent of your sins and put your faith in Christ and trust in him today and he will save you. Hear the word that Spurgeon heard. Look, look, look. If you'll look to Jesus, 
He will transform you. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, no greater, no more beautiful words in all the Bible. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. I love that song. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have light in my soul for which long I had sought since Jesus came into my heart. Wouldn't you like today to leave here changed? Wouldn't you like to leave transformed? Wouldn't you like the darkness to be changed to light? Wouldn't you like the fear to be transformed into faith? Wouldn't you like your past to be covered up with the blood of Jesus and now you only can look forward? You're going to put your hands to the plow and never look back again because Christ has forgiven you. Hear the word of the Lord. Look to me, God says, and be saved. Look to Jesus transformationally. Look to Jesus today. Look to Jesus. Don't look to Bellevue. Bellevue can't save you. Look to Jesus. Don't look to the Southern Baptist. Southern Baptist can't save you. Look to Jesus. Don't look to some preacher. No preacher can save you. Look to Jesus. We're not looking at one another. We're looking to Jesus. Why? Look to me and be saved. Look to Jesus. Look to the Lord thankfully. Look to the Lord transformationally. And finally, look to the Lord totally. All your hope is in him. Now let's take the whole verse and read it from the New King, New King James Version. Read it with me, Richie, off the screen. Here we go. Look to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am your God and there is no other. Amen. Look to him totally. There's only one God. And there's only one mediator between God and men. That's the man Christ Jesus. Jesus is 100% man. Jesus is 100% God simultaneously. He is not merely one way to God. He is not merely the best way to God. Jesus Christ, don't ever mistake it, claimed to be the only way to God. You can't get to God through Islam. You can't get to God through the teachings of Muhammad. You can't get to God through Buddhism. You can't get to God through Judaism. You can't get to God through any other means except the Lord Jesus Christ. He said so the night before he died. He looked at his disciples and said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. And then he clarified what he meant. No one comes to the Father but through me. You want to get to God? You come through me. I'm the way to God. I'm the truth about God. I'm the one that can give you the life of God. Come to me, come through me, and you can get to God. You don't come through me, you don't get to God. I'm the only way. And boy, the disciples understood that because when they stood before the Jewish Sanhedrin on trial... Bible says in Acts 4.12, they said, there is salvation in no one else. Talking about Jesus. Salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men 
by which we must be saved. Paul knew it. Paul said to Timothy, his favorite preacher boy, he said, Timothy, 1 Timothy 2.5, there's only one God and there is only one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Look to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. It's time to look to Jesus totally. Some of you are looking for people to help you. And I know sometimes people can help us, and I'm all grateful for that. But when it comes to salvation, there's not a person that can help you except Jesus. If you're tired of looking to people, if you're tired of being failed by people, if you're tired of being disappointed by people, look to Jesus. He will never disappoint you. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look to the Savior and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You'll never be fulfilled by money. You'll never be fulfilled by a hobby. You'll never be fulfilled by another person. The only one that can fulfill you, fill you full, that's what fulfilled means. The only one that can fill you full is the Lord Jesus Christ. Look to him and be ye saved. He says, look to me and be saved. All the ends of the earth, for I'm your God and there is no other. Let's read that together. Look to me and be saved. All the ends of the earth, for I am your God and there is no other. Let's thank the Lord Jesus that he wants us to look at him. Amen. Amen. Amen.